Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going on this beautiful December 28th, Charlie? Oh, it's just wonderful. You know, it's 70 degrees here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I saw Lake Tahoe, didn't Lake Tahoe get like six foot of snow? Mm, and, yeah, uh, climate change. Wildly different. Very know. different, yeah. We're I, experiencing global warming, they're experiencing global cooling. That's And that's Which how it goes. climate change. It is. The climate changes, yes. and then that's, that's what's going on. The climate's definitely changing in the office right now. Uh, thanks to all the CO2 being expelled by the two of us, it's now currently 77.4 degrees in our studio. Getting warmer by the it's second. It's increasing uh, uh, about 0.2 degrees every every two minutes or so. So it, we might die by the end of this thing. I'm not sure. Eventually. I'm, I'm not. It doesn't smell like fish. If you don't know that reference, then you'd have to join goodmorningliberty.locals.com. That way you can... Listen in the pre-show because when something smells like fish, apparently you're about to your house is about to burn down. Nate, <laughs> it's weird. Learned a valuable lesson this weekend. It was valuable. Yeah, it was. You All told me about it. I wrote it down in my diary of things I need to know. Your your homeowner diary that yes. you have. I mean, it's important if you like rent somewhere too, just to watch out for that. Unless you've been cooking fish, in which case it would be entirely normal. Mm-hmm. So that that would be fine. Okay, we got just stuff. Make sure the, you just make sure you're not in the house. That's all that matters. Just leave the house. Yeah. Don't do anything else. Don't do less. Don't mess with the breakers or anything. Make sure a qualified electrician comes and uh, put your fire out. Insured <laughs> and has a license from the That's government. be licensed by the yeah. state. That's for sure. So um, we're all going to die from COVID. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. We're all probably going to get COVID. We'll actually talk about that, which is pretty much always been the case. So a lot of uh, continued COVID hysteria going on around this nice Christmas and New Year's break and all of the other holidays, too. I'm sorry to be offensive to anyone. Got a nice piece in here from The Atlantic about how conservatives and liberals are actually wrong about how they view the other side. So something that's potentially good. I don't know. Maybe it could have been for tomorrow's episode. We got a few things where they did some surveys to see what they thought the other side felt about stuff and talks about how wrong they are. Um, Survey says you're wrong. Biden extended the pause on the federal student loan repayments because people got mad at him. All right. So we'll talk about that. Of course, this has to be an election point that's going to be coming up. Okay, And then a somewhat ridiculous article from Reuters about Venezuela and how it's pulling itself up by its bootstraps when it comes to oil production and uh, exactly what it was that caused it, which is pretty funny as well. We'll go over a few things when it comes to that. Okay, so the very first thing... I do have an interesting uh, personal story. Great. That I wanted That's to share awesome. on, the, on the show. Okay. We're I on had, the show. I had a an interesting phone conversation with my brother. For those of you that are new here, my brother um, is pretty left-leaning. Um, He's very he left-leaning. considered himself a, a progressive and a, and a democratic socialist let's yeah. say um and you know a couple months ago we were talking and he kind of moved the needle a little bit to where he's a libertarian socialist mm. okay well we were having a conversation 
over Christmas uh, talking about the vaccine and all kinds of stuff going on and in the, in the world and economics and stuff. And my brother now says he's, um, he's more of a libertarian and that he went so far to his, to admit that everything is biased and it's all about control and that the left is biased and the right is biased and they're all trying to just garner control. Hmm. Um, but he said the reason why he would still support Bernie Sanders is because he thinks that if they're going to tax and spend money, well, it might as well go to people who need it mm. and not the other way around. So for him, the lesser of two evils is someone like Bernie Sanders. I got gotcha. you. So I felt like that was progress. He's more of a libertarian, but he would pick like the anti-libertarian option as the as the lesser I of two evils. I think he's heading in the right direction. Yeah. I can see that. That's what I think. That but, is how that starts, by the way. You have to, you know, people are controlled by, I still think everyone's controlled by fear. I Some libertarians might not agree with me on this, but uh, I think people on the left and right are controlled by fear. I think the government is a gun, basically, and people are fighting over it, and they're afraid of what the other person's going to do with it. I think they're afraid of what would happen maybe to poor people if the right got in control or to different civil rights and all that. The right is afraid of what would happen to whatever the right is afraid of. I don't know. Probably just having China move right in here. That's what's going to happen, man, if a, if the evil, evil left gets in control. And so I think fear really drives a lot of their beliefs. And I, I think as a libertarian, the only thing that you can do is make people more afraid of the government than they are of the free market. I think that that's still because when I think about it, maybe that's still a driver of something. Maybe it's maybe it's that I fear more what would happen with government control over everything than I fear what would happen if we had libertarianism. And so then that that fear of what would happen if the government were just completely in control of every single decision at all times drives the fact that I am a libertarian. So maybe you keep working on your brother and making so him more of, and more scared all the time. So instead of saying <laughs> they are driven by fear, perhaps it's we. Yes. Everyone. Yeah. We're all just trying to survive. I, uh, I, people can tell me I'm wrong on that, but you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, but I you're mean, wrong. That, that's just, you uh, tell me you're wrong. That's just something that um, I've been thinking about for, well, look, for a little bit. You know, he's not wrong. We're all, we, we're biased as well. We're biased towards Liberty. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we obviously look for stories and things like that, that fit the narrative of making people free. Mm. And, but the good news is about being a libertarian is you're not trying to force anyone else to live yeah. like you. Is that you're right. That, that's the difference. That's the good thing. You have the truth. Yeah. And you're morally correct. You're biased towards the truth. Exactly. And everyone else is biased towards lies. <laughs> so there you go. See, we have biases too, just yeah. like everyone else. All right. Just a little bit of COVID updates. Everyone get freaking scared of this. You have to be more scared of Omicron than anything in the world. And then once that is the thing that you are most scared about, you will allow anything to happen to make sure that that does not happen. So just a little bit more fear right here. COVID-19 live updates from ABC News. Omicron accounting for about 58.6% of the new cases. As the COVID-19 pandemic has swept the globe, more than 5.4 million people have died from the disease worldwide, including over 816,000 Americans. Now notice what they did right there in the very first sentence. As the pandemic, the, the article headline has to do with Omicron accounting for 58.6% of the new cases. 
and they talk about COVID sweeping the globe and all of these people that have died from it. We'll notice throughout this, we'll just count how many times they talk about hospitalizations and death throughout all of this information that we're about to get right here. And that's according to real-time data from Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins. About 61.7% of the population is fully vaccinated. Omicron accounting for 58.6% of new cases. Last week, the CDC reported that Omicron had overtaken Delta to become the dominant COVID-19 variant in the U.S. All right, so I see this as a good thing when I see it because it's so much less deadly than, say, Delta, which was still... Uh, statistically not the thing that someone in our age range would be most worried about, but it's something new out there that we haven't thought about before. Okay. But now this one's overtaking. Just, and By the way, I just did the quick math. Now, 5.4 million people is terrible. That's not okay. good. But of the world's population, that is a 0.06%. Mm. Yeah. 0.06%. 5.4 million divided by 8 billion. And the, the big question with that number would be how many of those would have died like three months later for something, from something else that they had? It's probably a pretty good amount of those people. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe COVID sped it up by a few months or something like that. Of course, that's just a right-wing conspiracy theory. But anyway, I might as well get, get all the truth out there. Last Monday, the CDC said Omicron was estimated to make up more than 73%. Now they say it's 58%. According to new data... Um, let's see, it is a, the dominant strain. We're just going through here. Fauci is saying that the U.S. should consider vaccine mandates for U.S. air travel. This is just some of the live COVID-19 news to make sure that you stay plenty scared right now. Fauci, Biden's chief science advisor on the pandemic response, said that such a mandate might drive up the nation's lagging vaccination rate, as well as confer stronger protection on flights for which federal regulations require all those age two and older wear a mask. Is he admitting that the masks don't do anything when he says this, that mm. we have to mandate the vaccines? I don't know. Of course he couldn't. When you make that. vaccination a requirement, this is a quote from Fauci, when you make vaccination a requirement, that's another incentive to get more people vaccinated. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. By the way, in this entire article that I was just pulling from, they never mention how many cases there have been traced to flights or how many hospitalizations or deaths or anything traced to people being on a plane. Nothing like that. They're just looking at things that they can control. Yeah, they literally say that this is an incentive for more people to get vaccinated if we require this. They don't say because so many people are getting on planes and getting COVID and dying. Midair. That's not what it is. They <laughs> die in flight. And speaking of people... Welcome uh, to flight number 879. This is the death flight. You will die in air. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so Jeff was just saying more people are going to be asymptomatic, therefore a likely greater amount of people are actually infected. And that's probably the case also. You know, I took a COVID test today, by the way, and I feel like crap over the last couple of days. It was like pff, one of those vaccinated a-holes over at my family's got me sick while I was over there. So I was just checking to see. Because they're running around with their vaccination cord, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. spewing their asymptomatic viruses yep, in yep, your face. Yep. But I felt pretty crappy over the last couple of days, and we had a spare COVID test in the drawer in there. And so I was like, well, it's already here. I might as well use it. Turns out it's negative. Mm. That's, uh, that's what we got right now. I got nothing, okay? But speaking of how we've got to have the vaccination on these planes, and now what I would think is, is to keep people safe. Like you don't want people to spread it because they were on a plane with a bunch of people. The, to me, that's the argument I would look for them to be making. 
they're not even making that argument because they know that that's not an argument that they can make. There have been four cruise ships that have re- reported COVID-19 outbreaks. At least four U.S. cruise ships are reporting the, uh, outbreaks aboard, leading to them being denied entry or turned away from foreign ports. And so they list out all of these where several people, 21 crew members, tested positive on this. Um, there was another Carnival ship, a small number of passengers aboard tested positive. Don't the cruises this. require vaccinations? Yes. Yes. You're literally talking about a, 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 a amount of like 2,000 people or so. Every one of them is vaccinated, including the, including the crew and the passengers on board. And you're having outbreaks to the point where they can't even dock in some of these foreign countries. This, which is why they can't make the argument about the U.S. air travel. They can't say like, oh, we need to do this. That way no one gets COVID on a plane. Number one, people aren't really getting COVID on planes. And number two, they don't have any evidence that that's even going to do anything anymore. And they've already been wearing masks the whole time. And that's not apparently working. I don't know. But of course, they're being truthful about the fact that what this is really about is incentivizing people to get vaccinated. And I'm still trying to figure out why the hell that is. Like, it's just, I, I know that you have less severity if you end up getting COVID. I, I get that whole thing. But listen, we're all going to get we're, we're all going to get COVID eventually. Everyone will saying, have us to worry about how they had COVID sometime. The problem is, is what they're saying is they're, they're doing it. They're getting people vaccinated, not because it reduces like your chance of your risk of death. It's just because it, it uh, will help stop the spread. And yeah. that's simply not true. Yeah. You know, I liken it to telling it, trying to tell a teenager what to do, you know, like most teenagers, when you mandate something of them, they usually do the opposite, mm-hmm. right? In fact, I think more people, and even thirty-four year olds. It, I think more people would be vaccinated if they would just shut up. Honestly, yeah, seriously, think just report the numbers. Hey, here's what's going on. Um, you know, here's what we recommend, and you guys do what you want. I, my mom asked me over the we week. Love you. Be safe. Um, my mom asked me over the week, like, you're not going to get the vaccine, are you? And I was like, I'm not even going to consider it until they stop mandate mandating that people have to have it it's not even on the table as soon as they say hey you shouldn't take this yeah yeah (laughs) if biden starts coming out saying the vaccines are dangerous you bet your ass i'm lining up (laughs) and taking that thing no i mean they it really does cause a lot of people to not do it you've got holdouts now or just people who just don't care for whatever reason but you're pure bloods yeah pure bloods out there (laughs) Woo! who's all my pure bloods out there tom did you just say that you have covid did i see that Mm. Mm. Nice knowing you, buddy. That's too bad. Tom, Man. you've been a great addition to this group. And yeah. We're going to feel really bad if Tom does die, though. <laughs> tell you that. This might be edited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's laugh, laugh about Tom being sick. Okay. It does suck. Uh, I'm sorry, though. Sick. Sorry that you have it. That that does suck. But, hey, maybe you'll have some uh, more, uh, some extra antibodies afterwards he said he's had worse colds before and you lived through those which is good yeah yeah that's good i can say when i had covid it was the worst cold that i'd had it was worse than the times i'd had the flu i gotta tell you mine wasn't bad yeah i don't know why that is i've had worse flus there's no way of knowing (laughs) so check on your hair care products tom keep your fever down man it's all about the fever keep that down you want to you want to make sure your hair is intact Mm mm-hmm don't want to lose that. Don't get any haircuts. Oh, he says it's already too late. Well, okay. you need to just be mindful. All right. Um, you can go on to the next one, Chuck, if you want to. Health experts 
talking about COVID cases. Mm. If you want to move on. This from The Blaze. Thanks, Glenn. Glenn's such a nice guy. He's nice yeah. sending us stuff all the time to health talk es- about. Health experts, say, uh, health experts says COVID cases should no longer be major metric of pandemic urges shift to hospitalizations and deaths. Mm. You don't say. Health expert. I mean, this guy's an Uncle Tom, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> of the healthcare world. Yeah. You know. Uh. Health <laughs> health expert, Dr. Jaha. Ashish Jaha. Ashish Jaha. Said Sunday that public health officials should stop using COVID-19 case data as the central metric by which the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic is measured. Obviously, you can't trust this doctor. Can't even believe he can still call himself Mm-mm. or herself a doctor. Even, he just lost his license, probably. probably. According to Jaha. <laughs> I can't help it. Using case data to determine the severity of the pandemic is no longer reliable because Omicron appears less virulent despite being highly contagious. It is the highly contagious Omicron variant. Which is what we talked yeah. about before, by the way. Like, this is what viruses do because they don't want to kill their hosts. They, yeah. they got to keep living. I well, think uh, he was formerly uh, at Harvard and he is at Brown now. Yeah. Just so we, just so we know. Uh, this guy doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah, exactly. At all. So, yeah. Take, you know, hopefully this goes in one podcast a year and out the other. And by looking at him, he looks like your typical right wing extremist. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Post this picture in the group. So everybody, okay. quote, we have to do a shift. Look for two years. Uh, look for two years. Infections always preceded hospitalizations, which preceded deaths. So you could look at infections and know what was coming. Even through the Delta wave, that was true because it was largely unvaccinated people who were getting infected. Jaha. Explain. (laughs) Omicron changes that. This is the shift we've been waiting for in many ways where we're moving to a phase where if you're vaccinated and particularly if you're boosted, you might get an infection. It might be a couple of days of not feeling so great, but you're going to bounce back. That's very different than what we've seen in the past, he continued. So I no longer think infections generally should be the major metric. Obviously, we can continue to track infections among unvaccinated people because those people will end up in the hospital at the same rate. But we really have to focus on hospitalizations and deaths now. Jaha said. <laughs> I've got his picture up for the group right now, Based, by the way. Yeah, clearly. Mm-hmm. Right wing conspiracy. I think theorist. I would see one with him wearing a MAGA hat down here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Looks just like Alex Jones. <laughs> Spitting image. The Uncle Tom version of Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Harvard and Brown. I mean, this guy clearly can't be trusted. No. No way. Uh, Based on rising case numbers and growing panic, leaders are returning to classic mitigation strategies that didn't work, by the way, Mm -hmm. including remote learning, mask mandates, and vaccine mandates. Um, Eventually, they're going to... They're going to mandate suicide. <laughs> Just like, listen, guys. Actually, try and take as many people out with we you while you're doing it. We can't keep yeah. spreading this virus. It's time to off yourself. <laughs> the virus is too dangerous. Please kill your whole family so that they won't get infected. During an interview on Fox, that's clearly a joke, by the way. Yeah, don't do that. During an interview on Fox News Sunday, he was on Fox News. So, Jaha. <laughs> Denounced, I can't help it. Denounced schools returning to remote learning when Christmas break ends. 
Quote, this really shouldn't even be on the table, and I'm disappointed to see this is happening. Schools should be absolutely the last place to close and the first place to open. So he hates kids, old people, uh, every minority group that there is. Specifically, minority. Yeah, specifically gays, I think. And uh, that's what we've gathered from this guy mm-hmm. so far. Anti-LGBTQ+. plus. <laughs> The, the points that he's making, though, is that we can't pay as much attention to the cases. I mean, this whole, you see, okay, all the stuff I read earlier, by the way. But this is the, this is the COVID that you want, if you're going to get <laughs> it. It is, it is. If you're going to get COVID, this one, according to the data, is the one you want to have. It's um, going to give you some, uh, uh, some antibodies. It's gonna, you're going to get some natural immunity. You're going to get all kinds of things. If you're going to catch COVID, this would be the strain to get. Mm-hmm. Now, but the thing about it is, is that, you know, COVID is like the flu in regards that it's going to keep changing. They're going to have all kinds of variants, all kinds of things. They're going to have a vaccine every year. It's, it's just another flu. And it's, it's what's going to keep happening. But if you're going to catch one, I mean, this is the you one you don't want a Pokemon COVID. You don't want to catch them all. No, you just want one. This, this, is, is, this is the one this I would is pick. the Pikachu mm-hmm. of COVID. You want to catch this one. <laughs> So far, there could be a new one come out that's even better, Mm -hmm. like an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Want that new version that comes out. Um, All the articles I read before this one, by the way, that was from the ABC News Live COVID updates. There were four articles that I read from. None of them mentioned hospitalizations and death from Omicron. None of them. It's been a month now since we knew about it. In the U, well, we knew about it in the world. It was likely already in the U.S. at that time. Let's see if the live group can guess how many people have died from the Omicron variant in the United States. Someone check it out. Last month, Tom says four. Daisy says one. Um, Jeff posted a GIF of Bill Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, making a zero. (laughs) Okay, I didn't. It wasn't actually moving. I get it now. Uh, <laughs> spread COVID. So all I can find when I search. Define COVID. I have searched several times today to figure out how many people have died from Omicron in the U.S. I can still only find stories about that one person in Texas that died. I can't find any official number other than that. And it's all just stories about how the first person that died was someone who thought they had natural immunity because they already had COVID and they were unvaccinated. It's just a bunch of stories about that. And they were from Texas, which is basically a different yeah. country. Anyway. And they, so they so. died because the governor killed them. And that, so you can pin that death on him, definitely, just like all the other ones. And that was essentially the only thing I can find so far. Now, if, if you guys can find some more, I'm not saying there aren't. And I'm sure Ron DeSatan had something to do with it. <laughs> DeSatan. Yeah. Death Santas. Death yeah. Santas. I'm saying... I went through a couple pages of searches and either I typed in the wrong stuff or whatever, but I can just see articles about that guy dying. That, that was it. So if someone wants to get me some other numbers, let me know. But the case counts have been flying off the chain, going up like nuts. And that's the point that this guy's making. And uh, from what I saw from the data from the UK from an article a couple days ago was that they're saying, um, they're saying Omicron gives you 60% lower likelihood of hospitalization. If you get Omicron versus getting Delta. Now, it was already a really low likelihood of being hospitalized. And now they're saying 60% less for, for Omicron. And so what they're saying is these numbers are starting to diverge. You used to be able to look at the case counts 
and say, okay, well, a percentage of these people are going to get it, and this is going to track up with the case counts. And now, since so many people are getting this one that's not killing the same percentage of people, we're not seeing the death number tick up as fast as the case number is. And I know that there's a couple weeks lagging, but we have had a couple weeks worth of data now. I'm searching for like Omicron death rate, Omicron deaths in the United States, everything. Everything's coming back either with that one story, like you said, or talking about the cases. Yeah, just cases. That's it. And so we got to be scared of the cases. Now, listen, more cases will ultimately mean that People will die from it that weren't going to die had they not got the cases. All right. So it's it's not as if there aren't going to be more deaths because the cases have gone up so much. No. This isn't a case of the Mondays. This is a much better case (laughs) than the Mondays. All right. Mondays have killed way more people (laughs) than Omicron. (laughs) Okay, let's uh let's move on to something a little bit better and non COVID related. For, for a few seconds. So I do. I like Dr. Jaha. Yeah. This guy, you know, he seems like he knows what he's talking about. He's like a smart guy. He's got glasses on. Mm-hmm. Um, a half-witted smile. Yeah. He almost like a like kind of smirk on his face. Like, I know more than this photographer right now. This guy doesn't know anything about the human genome <laughs> at all. He's probably quizzing the dude. He looks like a nice, family-friendly doc. Yeah. You know? All right. Some good news. The Atlantic put out this thing. The Atlantic's on a roll right now. Found a couple of good things from them. Conservatives and liberals are wrong about each other. So we live in this world where everyone thinks that everyone else is the worst person ever in the world, especially if you're in different political aisles. 78.8 is what we're currently tracking as the temperature. Sweating. This is rising like Omicron cases right now, but neither one of us has died. So essentially the same curve we're seeing. Right now, Uh, we all, you know, we all just hate each other. That's essentially what's going on. Liberals think that conservatives are the devil. Conservatives think that liberals are the devil. And so everyone just hates everyone. And what the Atlantic is pointing out is that their beliefs about these people are actually way worse than what they actually are, which I think is true for the most part. I think Typically, the things that we get upset about, a very a small subset of the population believes those things. Now, where that becomes a problem is that oftentimes the small subset of the population can drive the policies and, and where they go, which is something that libertarians should remember. The small subset of the population can eventually drive policies. So if we tick that number up to four or five percent. Who knows what we can do? And this is actually it's part of the conversation that I have with my brother, which was sure make whatever study you want or anything like that but when it starts driving policy and affecting real humans lives that's when i have a problem yeah you know we talked about the zuck study the you know the where they got just got rid of everybody who were getting uh, credits back from the federal government mm. the tax study um we were talking about uh, the vaccine mandates and all this policy that's directed that's destroyed small businesses and everything based on false studies like the one in arizona that we pointed out and all this and, all, and everything and so when it, when it actually starts to affect real human beings' lives and drive policy, that's where I have a problem with mm-hmm. this stuff. But let's just... Huge um, problem. It is important for us to have the proper perspective when we look at the country and we think, oh, man, just look how terrible human beings have become when it comes to this. For instance, the um, abolition of police. Now, they're talking the conservatives and liberals here. So when they talk about abolishing the police or saying that the police are so bad that there's nothing we can do but get rid of the entire system, 
28% of liberals somewhat agree with that statement. But when they ask conservatives what percentage of liberals they thought somewhat agree with that statement, conservatives guessed at 61% when it came to liberals. Now, the actual number was 28%. Uh, when they asked liberals this uh, and conservatives this question, uh, police are almost always justified in their shootings of black people. 31% of conservatives agree with that statement. The police are almost always justified. It's hard to agree with almost always mm -hmm. something. That's kind of a, a weird thing for a poll. Liberals estimated that that number was actually 57% of conservatives would agree with that statement. But it was actually 31%. Basically the same. As, uh, as when, it, when it comes to banning controversial speakers at colleges for saying things that are just going to lead to the death of everyone, whatever it is. I don't know. 33% of liberals agreed with banning controversial speakers at colleges. Conservatives estimated that 63% of liberals would agree with that. And when it comes to hostile and unwelcoming attitudes towards immigrants, 22% of conservatives espoused those ideas in whatever way they measured that. And liberals estimated that the number would be 57%, but it was actually 22%. Now, I'm not saying that the 30-something percent of liberals agreeing or the 20% of conservatives actually agreeing with any of these things doesn't matter, because like we said, small groups of the population can drive policy. And that's what Charlie was talking about. But it does matter when we are sitting there at night thinking about the world and getting all depressed and in our feelings about everything to make sure we have the proper perspective when we're thinking about how many people actually do have this idea. Because I think that social media really skews our view of what people really do believe. You don't, you're not going to see like a liberal saying, oh, you know, I think that um, JFK Democrats are, should run the world or anything like that's not going to go viral. You're not going to see someone saying that. But if someone says that we should uh, chop off Jeff Bezos's head, well, that's going to probably get some some trending topic play right there on Twitter, you know. But it doesn't mean that the majority of population holds that belief. So I just found this somewhat encouraging, I guess, and also it's just important for us to realize how different our view. Uh, how different the reality that we perceive in our heads might actually be from what the true reality is. And, and also, I mean, this comes down to some, some psychology that I find very interesting and also learning how to uh, communicate with folks and what their perceptions actually are. And so, you know, I was talking this weekend um, with some family and friends about understanding and I'll just come out and say it here because the, the live group's going to make fun of me, so I don't care. Um, I am pro-vaccine. Mm. I think that you should be vaccinated uh, of your own free choice, by the way, uh, not mandated. Just make, sure, make that distinction very clear. Uh, however, I understand why people don't want to be, why they don't trust the government, they don't trust the vaccine, they don't trust... Any of those things, I understand that. I can get their perception. Where And the other thing that makes me angry is when other people can't, even for the life of them, understand that there's a different reality out there. That people think differently, and that's okay. Not only is it okay, it's actually a good thing that people think differently. 
because that's how you make progress, right? You have two opposing ideas and you're able to talk about that. You're able to question things and be like, is this something that we should be doing? Have we thought about this effect or that effect or whatever the case may be? In fact, I think Jordan Peterson talks about this, that freedom of speech is the fundamental, like the fundamental thing in life, being able to think what you want, question what you want, say what you want, because that's how you put your ideas out there. Because if, And if you can't say what you want or question what you want, then you can't think. And if you can't think, you can't act. Um, he also talks about how the left and the right need each other, which I, which is, I think is a very important conversation that both of them need the other one to make sure the other one doesn't go too far in whether, whatever the direction is that they're trying to go, that they need to be pulled back. The left needs to realize that the right is important to pull back and, and fail to do that constantly. And that the left needs to be there to pull the right from going too far right, whatever that is. And so that's why it's important to have different viewpoints. We don't all just want to be the same on everything. You know, if we were all the same on everything, we wouldn't be able to have a podcast. So that's why it's important. So anyway, I probably that was good. <clears throat> um, then oh, the next thing is for you here, Charlie Biden deciding to extend the pause on federal student loan payments. Oh, good. He's uh, forgiving student loan debt. No, right? he's he well, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold on. He's not forgiving the student loan debt. It's very important that that's we, what he promised. It's very important we push this off until the election. <laughs> okay. That's what we got to do. Let's keep doing that. <clears throat> So this from The Blaze, Biden extends pause on federal student loan repayments after progressive backlash. So he's going to hit the pause button again, folks. Mm -hmm. The White House announced Wednesday that the pause on federal student loan repayment will be extended for another 90 days following fierce backlash from progressives after the Biden administration said the moratorium would end in February. Biden said, today, my administration is extending the pause on federal student loan repayments for an additional 90 days through May 1st, 2022, as we manage the ongoing pandemic and further strengthen our economic recovery. They got it's they got to worry about this ongoing mm. pandemic. That's what's uh, causing this. It's not like their fault or anything. It's Omicron. It's mm -hmm, clearly is. that's who the blame. The president urged student loan borrowers to prepare to begin making payments on their debt again once the extension expires on May 1st, 2022, because the government doesn't have any money. Yeah. And they need your dollars. Uh, except for they're probably just going to extend it again right there. You know, multiple Democratic lawmakers, including Senate Majority Leader Chucky, Chucky Schumer, have uh, previously. Is that? Uh, yeah. Chucky Erection Schumer. Yeah. Yeah have previously called on Biden to take executive action to cancel as much as $50,000 in student loan debt for each borrower. In a statement, Democrats applauded Biden's action but insisted that he do more. Now, when it comes to the $50,000 thing, is that like across the board? So if you didn't go to some crazy, super expensive college, you get all your college debt paid off? I guess so. I'm surprised they're not talking about doing it on a percentage basis for people. But then I guess that would end up benefiting a bunch of rich people more because it would help the people more that go to the super expensive colleges. I don't know. I can't Tom said he believes it's only if you majored in something useless. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, I did go for uh music education. So, you know, <laughs> extending the pause will help millions of Americans make ends meet for a couple months. At least. Mm hmm. Especially as we overcome the Omicron variant. 
We continue to call on President Biden to take executive action to cancel $50,000 in student debt, which will help close the racial wealth gap for borrowers and accelerate our economic recovery. It's to close the nowadays, racial wealth gap. Nowadays, you just put words together. Mm-hmm. Say you words. Say words in a sentence, whatever you want. <laughs> now, like, if if you don't subscribe to this podcast, it's clear you're a racist. Mm-hmm. That's that's all you have to say. It's you know, and you don't want to be a racist, so you should you should subscribe. You, you should, should follow this show. Yeah, actually, studies have shown that people who don't subscribe are probably racist. Mm-hmm. So. That, that is true. Yeah. And especially if they don't sign up on locals. We took a poll mm-hmm. and uh, results are in. So. Yeah. The poll showed that most of the people who haven't signed up on locals are racist. Yeah. So anyway. That, that's what it said. So this is uh, what what we've talked about a lot. Listen, they have to make this an election tactic. All right. The more extensions, more extensions. People have to get used to not paying this. And then when it comes to the election, maybe they won't even make a big deal out of it. But you'll know. Oh crap! If someone else gets in there, maybe they'll maybe they'll say that uh, I'm going to have to pay my bills, or maybe the Democrats are going to put up a bill to cancel some of the student loan payments sometime in June or July or August or whenever leading up to the next year's elections, and you'll have to keep the Democrats in power to actually get this bill through because the Republicans will never do it. That's what I would do if I were them. And I'm, I'm still waiting to see if they're going to do that, well, but it would will. be smart. They're going to do it. Okay. One last crazy thing. How Venezuela pulled its oil production out of a tailspin from Reuters. It couldn't be that the price of oil has gone up, is it? Mm, no, no, that's not it. Hmm. <clears throat> now there's a few interesting things here. Venezuela this year almost doubled its oil production from last year's decades low as its state-owned company struck deals that let it pump and process more extra heavy crude into exportable gases. A surprising reversal began as the state-run, and it's PDVSA, is what they go by, uh, won help from small drilling firms. Well, you don't want to pronounce that Spanish? No. You need Trickle D to help? Um, I mean, I don't know how to say this. Uh, this uh, Petroleos de Venezuela? I mean, uh, that's... That's that's not bad. I don't know. Daisy, did you understand you what I just said? <laughs> you obviously had a very white accent on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, yeah, that's um or that's gonna happen. Kind of a white Asian accent on your Spanish there. Wasian. It's a Wasian <laughs> accent, okay. Years of unpaid bills, mismanagement, <laughs> and more recently, US sanctions have cut its access to specialized drilling equipment and foreign investment. The sanctions have also limited its customers to firms with no track record of trading. So they're they're really they're really going to tell you why this is happening. Okay, this is this is uh, very important. And and in this article, they go through why the sanction of sanctions have caused this. The mismanagement. They only talk about mismanagementism right there that one time that it's in the article, and the rest of it's going to be just about all these these unfortunate missteps that have happened and all these foreign investors were forced out by the u.s Mm -hmm. yeah they were forced out now i don't think that i don't think sanctions help a country's economy in fact i think that is the point of sanctions is to try and damage the country's economy so i'm sure they have played a part but let's look at the chart of venezuela's oil production we've got this over here we're going to check out venezuela's oil production over time so if you're watching you'll be able to see this 
Okay, so while we're looking at this chart, now you see it's a lot lower. It's not that it's like up here or anything. It's all the way, way down here now. This is the doubling that occurred up here from, from where it was, from almost, from almost nothing. So Venezuela nationalized its oil industry and created PDVSA to manage the operations right here. This is where they, and you, if you can see on the screen, now they have this real big uptick. It's just going up like crazy from the 1940s up to the 1970s. And then boom, gone. Gets cut more than in half, or at least in half right there. So they started building up back a little bit after that. And then uh, right here, this next peak right there, that is where Chavez came into power right here at this peak. And then Chavez was in power from 99 to 2013. All right, Chavez began appointing military <laughs> leaders to PDVSA's board. Uh, the conflict between PDVSA's top management and Chavez culminated in a national strike, which took place from December 2002 to February 2003. Chavez proceeded to fire 18,000 state oil workers, including 80% of its top engineers, handing control of the industry to the military. Right here when this happened. Now, which one do you think it really has a lot to do with? Like the U.S. US sanctions or is it mismanagementism that happened? This Probably was, U.S. sanctions. Yeah. All right. So this I'm was... I'm pretty sure they forced Chavez to fire people. You know how they said that they had doubled since last year in the oil production? You know what they did last year? We talked about it on the show. They proposed allowing private business to come back into the oil industry <laughs> last year. So we, we'd already talked about that on the show to try and help the economy and to try and help the oil production. They were talking about selling off a major stake of PDVSA to private companies or whoever else wanted to come in because they couldn't do it anymore. Now we're getting an article about how they've doubled their production over the last year and they've over, finally overcome some of these U.S. sanctions and stuff like that. But yeah. we can also link back to articles where they are now allowing private people to start to come back in. So that's it's amazing that, how that works. Isn't that weird how that happens? Isn't that the special? If you didn't see the actual chart, um, I'll put a link to this article. It's uh, it's pretty nuts and it's pretty clearly obvious. This is where they nationalize. This is where Chavez comes in the power right here. It has not been as high since the year before Chavez came in the power. They talk about it right here. They're far away from reaching the three million uh, barrels per day that was last produced in 1998. Chavez came into power in 1999. Isn't that... That's a big coincidence. It's a conspiracy, honestly. That's just really unlucky for them, I yeah. bet. That's, re that's really all that was. Well, and then a dictator took over after Chavez. Yeah. So Maduro is an obvious dictator. And it's actually pretty... Man, Maduro, he really, really did a great job. He comes into power right here. Mm. This is where Maduro comes in, and it has plummeted even more since then from 2700 down to less than now this is 20 so this is 2.7 million down to 500,000 is what they went down to during that time it's just mismanagementism they need a better manager in there that's that's what they need okay that's turns out the military is not as good at producing oil as people who produce oil yes <laughs> That's weird. It's yeah. I mean, you guys take from this what you will. Obviously, we're not trying to push you in one direction or the other. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just interesting when you look back to see 
how greatly affected all these countries are by U.S. sanctions. Yeah. You know, couldn't be anything else Mm-mm. at all. No, it's not. Causing this. It's not firing 80% of the people who knew the most about oil production. And there's no, you know, there's no reason, you know, thousands to millions of people have fled Venezuela mm. because it's such a, a, a haven. They had a lot of U.S. saying they wanted to get the U.S. Yeah. I don't want those seconds in the U.S. sanctions. They want to get into the U.S. so they can be sanctioned to their face. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they but want. They don't want backhanded sanctions. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted tyranny firsthand. No one likes sloppy sanctions. <laughs> you want to come over here and get it first. <laughs> exactly. You do the math. All right, let's go. It's uh, it's 79.5 degrees in here. Just All to right, keep everyone y'all, updated. If you enjoyed today's show, which I know that you did, welcome back to Good Morning Liberty. It's such a pleasure to be here with all of you every single time. Please hit that follow slash subscribe button, whatever it says. Sign up, goodmorningliberty.locals.com. If you want to learn how to trade in 2022, now is the time, folks. It is the time to get signed up at mastermytrades.com. Learn how to take care of your financial situation yourself, even if you don't trade. It's still amazing information. There's over 300 videos on the website. Nate's got all kinds of new plans available uh, for you guys. He goes live every single morning when he wants to which is just literally about every morning, even Mm -hmm. if we don't do a podcast, um, to go over the market, what's happening in the market. We've got strategies, all kinds of things for y'all to pay attention to. to, So at least you know, even if if you're just putting your money in a 401k, like what's going on in that world so you can be more informed. That's what life is all about, is being informed. So um, there's still free trials going on and everything. So start 2022 off in the right way by going to mastermytrades.com. If you do all of those things, share the show with a friend, a family member, and an Uncle Tom, then we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.